0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back in another edition of the First in Orange podcast. Parker Gabriel here, Ryan McFadden there, Denver Post, Broncos, Beat Reporters coming to you. It's January 10th. The season is over, and yet it's like all the exciting, crazy, interesting, curious stuff is all still ahead, Ryan. It's going to be one of those. It's setting up, and we'll obviously get into all the reasons why. A ton to talk about, but it's setting up to be one of those off seasons around here.
1: Oh yeah, most definitely. When when you make when you make a move to bench a nine time Pro Bowl and Russell Wilson, you are at that moment you knew that the real season begins and and yeah, I'm um, in the off season just to figure out what's going to happen at that quarterback's position. Honestly, I still feel like you know there's still more there's still more questions to be answered in regards to that, how to that situation in general. We got, I was. We, we heard some yesterday from George and Sean. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And it's not only just a quarterback. There's a lot. When you go watch this season and even whoever goes back and watch some of these games, there's a lot of things that the Broncos need to fix. And the biggest question is how they're going to do it, especially with the one, the limited draft capital and cap space.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's like they have a really long shopping list or a really long needs list. Um, and Not a ton of ammunition at present um, to go work with. And so it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. Let's start sort of high level, as you mentioned, Ryan, yesterday we heard from Sean Payton, George Payton and Greg Penner, obviously the team CEO of sort of like season wrap up news conference. Obviously, um, you know, Russell Wilson, that situation. Really, I would say dominated or at least was at the forefront of, you know, our conversations with George Payton and with Greg Penner. You know, Sean got a little bit less of the Russell stuff yesterday, in part because he's talked about it. He didn't say much about it, but he's been asked about it over the last couple of weeks of the regular season since making the decision to bench him. So that's one. Obviously, the sort of like ongoing Russell Wilson situation is one. And then the other is just simply the fact I don't think this is a big surprise at this point, but you know, George Payton was there, he talked, and he and Sean Payton both talked about their that they think they have a good relationship working together. And Greg Penner, most importantly, um, George's boss, said he thinks you know George Payton's gonna help them build winning football teams and that 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 he likes the partnership of of Sean and George. So essentially a vote of confidence from, you know, from the boss um, for George Payton in terms of his job security. It's always, I'm not, this is, this, I'm just saying this. It's not like, it's not rooted in anything or anything like that. But like, some teams make general manager decisions right after a season. Some teams make general manager decisions after a draft. And so, like, you're, oh, I don't think we're sitting here saying, like, oh, no matter what, it's going to be like Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis, where they work together for years and years and years necessarily. But, there were questions, especially, you know, with the Russell Wilson situation being the, the latest, you know, sort of saga for the Broncos. And and they made it pretty clear that they see George Payton, you know, being part of, of the future in Denver. So two biggest takeaways there, Ryan. Um, let's start maybe with the Russell Wilson stuff. And I guess, you know, we've been over the he said, he said, they said, they said um, about the negotiations in October. Um, we can get into that if you want. I, I'm curious, too, though, what you made of the way that the three of them yesterday talked about the door being open and just sort of the, the situation going forward with Russell Wilson.
1: I, to me, I think the, the whole situation is still like you said that he said um, that it's that back and forth. Yep. And, and we still there is, to me, I think there's still somewhere in the middle where there is more to be answered. But yeah, it's still that back and forth to I know like Jordan Sean said the door's still open. I don't to me, I don't think the door is open. I think that's it. Like th- I think that's hard to like you go to your starting quarterback, a nine-time Pro Bowl or Super Bowl champion, um, who's made two Super Bowl a Super Bowl champion and made two Super Bowl appearances. So this is a this is a well-respected guy in the NFL. Yep. And you go to him. After beating the Chiefs, snapping a 16-game losing streak to this to your divisional foe, and say, "Hey, if you don't rework your contract, we, you, we might we, we might decide to sit you." I, I think that's hard, and just yeah. given from the, yeah. Yeah. I, and just given from the buy from even when Russell Wilson spoke to us a couple of weeks ago, that's what I got from him too. I know he even said it, but like I was like, "That's Russell Wilson." Um, Russell Wilson is always that guy that always thinking positive. Um, and has the best interest of whoever he's playing for. But to me, I you, you, they say the door's open. It's I. It's hard for me to see it. I think I think this might be the end for Russell Wilson's time in Denver. And did I expect it to end this way? No. I I've said to me the best case scenario with the Russell Wilson situation was you can get two years of Russ, yeah. at least two seasons of them, and. You either draft someone, whether it's in this draft or maybe in two thousand twenty-five, and you have that guy work under Russ, let him develop, and then you say, then you're able to go to Russ and say, hey, we got this young guy, we really want the, you know, we want to see, and there, 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 you have it. But I think it, it that didn't happen, and I think it's like I said, it's hard to go back. It's different if let's say Russell Wilson was the twenty-two. 2022 version of Russ, where I think he has like 16 touchdowns, uh, 15 um, interceptions like that. I might be off, but you're talking about a guy that had through for over um, 3,000 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um, He helped you, you, he was a part of helping you guys win that, go on a five game win streak to get into the playoff run. And then you decide to say, hey, we we need another spark on offense. And, And I think it's worse when. When you do make the change, we still see the same offensive output coming from um, from Denver. So no, yeah, George Sean said the door is open. I don't, I don't think so. I think this is it. It's just for me. And honestly, like you got, you got to think about it. does Russ want to even come back? Like right. after how they treated you, um, do you want to come back from it? I don't, I don't see it. it. I think it's hard. It's I'll be shocked. Now yeah. I can be, I could be proven wrong, but I'll be shocked. For someone to want to come back after how that played out.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I think like there's there's so many levels to this. Like obviously the the emotion of of that of this sort of like saga, right? And the and the negotiations and the you know negotiations of the Broncos call it threats, what Russell Wilson, his people call it, um, whatever it was, the talk about, hey, listen, you know, we're not comfortable with this you know, 37 million becoming guaranteed in March. If you get hurt against Buffalo or any game in the second half of the season, like, you know, we're going to be on the hook for that. And we just, you know, that's not really, that doesn't work for us. Um, So you have that, you have the emotional side of, of how all of that played out. And then you also like, I think the thing is it, Ryan, like if you, if you want to take Sean Payton, 100% absolutely at his word that it was a football decision to bench Russ for the final two games, And play Jared Stidham, and you actually, and and just in your heart of hearts, you one hundred percent believe that that gave you the best chance of winning the last two games. Like that, that also signals that it's over. Like that's not that's not well. If it's a football decision, then maybe he'll be back. No, it's. I mean, you thought that Jared Stidham, who has two starts in his life, four years in the NFL, gave you a better chance of winning against two bad teams than a guy who's played you know twelve years in the NFL, like. The writing's on the wall in that situation, too. And so, like, I just don't – like, first of all, like, yeah, okay, the door's open. I'm, like, I don't think there's anybody that expects that Russell will be back with the Broncos next year. But the other part of that is just, like, I think Sean Payton made it pretty clear when he talked about, you know, just the way that the offense was underwhelming over the course of the year and and all of those things without ever saying, you know – Russell can't run my offense. There was a lot of that subtext. There's a lot of stuff that goes in that general direction, even if it's not quite that blatant. You know, he talked about the, you know, that they they struggled in the red zone and in the low red zone with Jarrett Stidham too. But when he talked about that at the point when he made the change, he said, you know, we have 15 games of data and patterns and all of this, and like this has continued to be an issue for us. Like it's pretty clear that like Russell Wilson's part of that issue, and so all of this like all of it just lines up to at some point over the next two months, you know, that, that either, either they'll re- release them, which seems like the most you know likely outcome, or maybe, maybe there's a, a trade that gets worked out. I don't quite know how that works or why a team that thinks that knows he's going to get released would trade for him unless there's that, you know, several teams vying for it. And at that point, like maybe Russell and his agent Mark Rogers and and George Payton and Richard Otto, who handles the cap for the Broncos, like maybe they could all sit down and work out a deal to sort of like restructure the contract to make it, you know, viable for uh, another team to bring on. But like I just don't. I it's not that that's impossible. It's just I haven't thought of the situation yet where like that makes more sense. For Russell than just getting released and then being free to sign with whoever he wants on a fresh contract. So like that, that seems to be where it's headed. Um, I thought it was interesting, Ryan, that both, well, all three really, but George Payton and Greg Penner, who are the two, you know, that we don't hear from as often as we hear from Sean, obviously during the season, I thought it was interesting. Both of them made it very clear that they I mean, George Payton called it extreme, the dead cap that they would take on if they cut Russell Wilson, but both of those guys made it pretty abundantly clear that they've thought about this, that they've planned for it. And that even though it's obviously would be a major financial, you know, constraint and unprecedented in terms of dead money in NFL history, that they, they've, they've thought through it and that they've planned and budgeted for a reality where they're dealing with that for the next, you know, two years, probably.
1: Yeah, and one thing I think is the funniest thing about this whole situation, about the whole Russ situation, to me, if they would have just waited, like, let Russ play the Chargers game. Right. Because the Chiefs, Steelers won, boom, you're knocked out the playoffs. So if you would have let Russ play that Chargers game, win or not, right? and you're already knocked out, and you, Sean Payne comes out and we're making a quarterback change, Jairus is starting the finale. I don't think no one will look at the decision and it won't it won't face the criticism that has been faced that has been faced for the past two weeks yeah like I, I, I that's the one thing I look at it like I felt like the team jumped the gun a little bit because it was just I think it was just bad timing overall if you wanted to move on from the guy if you did whether it's performance based financially financial based whatever. I felt like if you want to just avoid all the distractions, yep. avoid all the criticism, just let Russ play that Chargers game, if he would have gotten knocked out, boom, cool. Uh then you can go on and say we're just going to start him. And then it looks like you're just hold like, you know, you're you're trying to avoid your starting quarterback from getting injured in a meaningless game against the Raiders. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Obviously this is going to I was I would assume when uh, George approached them. They would have, they had some type of plan financially. If Russ said, no, I'm not going to rework my contract for you guys, especially if you said, Hey, if, if, if I, you're going to bitch me, if I do, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just to me, it's just been, it, it, I think it's just been a complete mess overall um, how, how it's been handled. And to me, it's like, I, I look at it like this, like it, this is the business. It's the business of the NFL. I, I, I get that. And, it, are, are we surprised that they asked him to do that? No. I think right. most people probably expected that was going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's just the way it's been portrayed from what Russ said. Um, you know, Sean Payne saying, like, you know, I I don't know what's going on upstairs. I just focus on football. It's just like all that's just been a complete mess. And, yeah. and to me, I, like I said to start it, I think it's best for us. To I th- I think it's over and even for Russ if the door is open like they said if they said the door is open and that's what they believe if I'm Russ I'm doing whatever it takes just to move on yeah yeah I think that it's just it's just too much and, and if you're gonna do that to like if if I'm in Russ situation you're gonna do that to me on this year especially when I'm when I'm playing very well and got and help get this team in the postseason you you do that like I, w- what do I expect for next year. Um, so, yeah, if I'm Russ,
0: like,
1: even if they say the door is over for me to come back, I'm just going to like, hey, uh, let's just let's just get me out of here.
0: Yeah. And the easiest way for us to, you know, expedite that happening is just to not play ball on, you know, this deal from here or whatever, because they're just not they're just not going to guarantee the thirty seven million in, on March 17th. So, um, you know, I mean, that's that's the way this all lines up is that, the, you know, they'll probably release them. And then the dead caps, eighty five million probably most likely split over two years instead of trying to you know swallow all of that at once that would basically require you know maxing out your credit card and blowing up the roster which seems um not advisable probably um it would be interesting but i don't think that's going to happen so most likely 35.4 million on the cap for 2024 49.6 million on the cap for 2025 to have a guy not be on your roster. So, it's never happened like that in the NFL before. Matt Ryan's the biggest um I think single dead cap number in history was 40, you know, 40 million. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is counting similar against Green Bay's cap this year. Um and so, you know, that like the 35.4 million in 2024, that's that in and of itself is an unprecedented um, you know, teams do deal with that that kind of number. It's just that they'd be dealing with that you know, two years in a row, which is the 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 part that's never you know no no team in NFL history has done that before. So that sort of sets up the next part of it, which is that you know we got the uh, pretty pretty strong support from Greg Penner um, for George Payton, the general manager, and obviously George, like it becomes a hot button issue with Broncos fans, and it's it's perfectly understandable why because the some of the biggest moves that George Payton has made as the Broncos general manager you know, since he was hired in January of 21, have failed spectacularly. Obviously, you know, the Russell Wilson trade and subsequent extension, um, signing Randy Gregory, hiring Nathaniel Hackett. Like, these are, these are the points that everybody goes to, and it's fair. Like, it's a performance business. Um, it's, I, don't, I don't think all that counts for nothing, obviously. Um, but I also think that, you know, Sean Payton decided pretty early on that, that he and George worked together well um and i think that i i think look the russell thing it's it's a failure no matter how you spin it i mean and it's not i don't say that to be like you're not trying to be a jerk or anything like everybody wanted it to work with russell and it just didn't for whatever myriad reasons um but i think at some point the the pressure was going to be on george to to take a big swing at quarterback and he did and so like there weren't a lot of people at the time saying this is a terrible idea, maybe in Seattle, um, but not nationally. And that doesn't like, you don't just get a pass for that. It's the NFL. Like you don't, you don't just get to say like, Oh, well, nobody thought it was a bad idea at the time. So, okay. No accountability. It's not that it's just that, like, I think you can respect taking the swing and it, it went bad. So to me, like, I think, Greg Penner and Sean Payton both think that this, you know, this this group, this sort of trio, um, can work, and that 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 George can be a big part of that um, going forward. And as long as that's the case, then then I think they'll you know they'll roll with it. So it's going to be interesting to see you know how it shakes out, and it's going to be very interesting to see you know with the full off season, an extra month, basically of george and sean working together sort of where they you know chart the course for this roster because they have a bunch of decisions to make with veteran players and then obviously they have the number 12 overall pick in april's draft but they only have six picks so it's i don't know there's all sorts of interesting decisions ahead ryan what did you make of the sort of like george payton um you know part of the conversation yesterday
1: yeah, I I feel like you hit on all the points. It's clear that Greg believes in this in this tandem to work. Despite when you look at uh, George Paynes, like when you look at like let's say the Randy Gregory deal, the trade for Russell Wilson, uh, and like you said that that extension. Yeah, those are all bad moves. I, but I think when you look at Greg, I think their idea is like, all right, we haven't seen. Let's see what he can do with Sean Payton. Right. Um, in the building as well. So it's, I, I'm, I'm not ready to jump off. I'm not, I'm not the guy that's ready to, you know, like some fans are ready to, to ready to um, throw uh, George off the bus and get him out of, uh, and get him out of Denver. I still want, I'd like to see how this offseason works. I think it's going to be a very interesting offseason. One, you do get that first round pick um, their first is uh, 2021 Obviously, like George said, that that one did turn out pretty well. It will be interesting what they would do with that twelve, with that twelve overall pick. Whether they trade down, whether they try to figure out a way to, to sneak up, uh, do they get a quarterback or do they not? Then you also got to look at the rest of the roster. They're gonna. There's a lot of things they're gonna need uh, in terms of, you know, help up front on the defensive side. You're gonna at some point you're gonna have to address the offensive offensive tackle depth. There's guys currently on the roster. You're going to have to address in terms of their contracts as well. It's, it's good. Like, I think it's going to be interesting. All season. All with the reminder that they don't have a lot to work with in right. terms of draft and salary crap. Um, So, yeah, I know a lot of people want Denver to go in and drop the quarterback. As an NFL. If your guy is there, then you have to go get him. But, I wouldn't want to force someone to be the guy. If you, if you don't feel like either the guys who would be available at twelve or not your guy, then you need to go address some other needs, and yep. and that's fine. But yeah, it's like I
0: I think this is going to be something to watch as we move forward. We're we're gonna have we got three months here really to two months until free agency, three months until the draft to really go through this, and we will on um, you know future podcasts too. But just right now if you look at over the caps projection and the cap number hasn't officially been set for next year yet um you know the broncos stacked a lot of randy gregory's money that they they had to account for with him on the cap on this year and so they're not projected to roll over nearly as much to next year as they have you know in past years and so right now the short story is over the cap sort of has them projected at about 18 million over the cap next year um with only 44 players under contract, so. There's a lot of money that's gonna to have to move around there. Um, and obviously they get no cap relief. If they cut Russell Wilson and take the the two, you know, post June one and that, you know, spread his dead cap over two years, his he would probably count just the same um next year as if he's on the roster. So if you take that 18 million over, you know, they have a lot of decisions to make. There's a big group, you know, you got a group of guys that all have cap numbers like in that 12. 12 or 13 million all the way up to 18 to 20 million uh, range that don't have guaranteed money left on their contracts. That's Justin Simmons, um, Garrett Bowles, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, DJ Jones. You have Jerry Judy who's under contract, you know, 13 million guaranteed. You could trade him. If you come to an agreement on an extension with him, you probably bring the 2024 cap number down from 13 million. They have basically like, they have a lot of ways they're gonna end up shedding money moving money pushing money out into the future whatever so that there's like that they're gonna have to make some moves there and i don't i don't think they're gonna go like full peyton era new orleans and just like kick the can down the road on all that money like i think they're gonna make some tough decisions with some of those veteran players but i it's hard to say right now like, take that group, you know, Simmons, Bowles, Sutton, Patrick, DJ Jones, Jerry Judy. Like, you wouldn't be surprised if at least one of them was cut, at least one of them was traded, and at least, you know, a couple of them were back. But picking who fits into what category in that would not be an easy task at this point. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And then, Ryan, the the thing that I sort of dawned on me over the last few days is, like, they have – They don't have any like – they don't have guys going to free agency that are like really flashy, you know, top of the roster type guys. But they just have a lot of meat and potatoes going to free agency. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, Josie Jewell, P.J. Locke, uh, Mike Purcell, Adam Troutman, and Chris Manhurts, Michael Burton, Will Lutz, Fabian Moreau. I mean like if you were listing the top, I don't know, five to ten players on the team – you might not put any of those guys in that, on that list. And at the same time, like they're all starters and they all played a lot. And so <laughs> like that's that you don't just like, you can't just say, oh, well, we'll figure that out. Cause they don't, they don't have that kind of depth. So it's going to be fascinating to see how they approach that. I mean, it would make sense to figure out really with any of them, but especially like, you know, PJ, uh, will Lutz probably, you know, Maybe Troutman. I, I think Josie too. But like, so you can make the argument really that it makes sense to bring any of those guys back, especially since none of them will will break the bank most likely. But you just have a lot of decisions to make on a lot of guys, um, and all of that's going to happen in the next you know six or eight weeks.
1: Yeah, I think when we when you look when you look at the guys that are headed for agency maybe to perhaps to their benefit they are not guys um that are going to break the bank there are that's going to demand a big payday so and you do need that depth so yeah maybe like i'll be all for like you know bringing someone like pJ lock back um if you if you're able to bring back Lloyd Mary, like if you're able to bring some of those guys back i think that does help um i that's not going to be like like those are not the type of moves that are going to like you know turn you from eight and nine to you know ten and seven. Right or eleven or, or eleven and six, but you don't have a lot of depth and you need it, and you have to do it in a way where you're not like uh, limiting yourself in in terms of cap even more. But yeah, I, when you when you do look at those guys, um, I honestly, if, if I had to pick one, I will I will hope I would like to see someone like PJ Lock come back. Yeah, um, I, I know they're going. I know they're going to have Caden Sturrs coming back from injury. They drafted JL Skinner, but PJ Lock, I thought. Play some solid football, taking over for Kareem Jackson, and I think he will really be someone who can really help help them in the back end moving forward.
0: Yep, no doubt. It's one of the so. Ryan yesterday, I mean, you know, those the three guys, the three leaders of the Broncos football operation, talked for combined like I think an hour basically, and there's so much about George's future and and building and Sean Payton saying, you know. He's not even sure they're building on the foundation yet. They're just putting the friggin' pilings in still like all this stuff. And yet the, the, one of the things that just like caught my attention um was George saying that they they viewed Alex Forsyth, the rookie 7th rounder, the center from Oregon um that they drafted in the spring. They're like, "Yeah, we view Alex Fortheist, Forsyth as a starter in the league." And I just thought like, oh, "I wonder what I wonder what Lloyd Cushionberry thinks about that." <laughs> in terms of his his prospects of being re-signed, you know, and that and then there's a difference between saying you think someone's a starter and then saying you think um, they're a starter right now, and boy, we have our center of the future. He didn't say that, obviously, but, like, there's a lot of questions in terms of, like, you know, with Josie Jewell, is Drew Sanders going to play inside linebacker in the future, or is he an edge guy? He looked more natural at edge, but he hasn't played inside a lot. You know, with um, the corner spot opposite Pat Sertan, like, is Riley Moss ready to be a starting cornerback in the NFL as a second-year player? Can like JL Skinner or one of those guys, you know, be in a rotation at safety where you'd feel good about Justin PJ, Caden Stearns, and JL Skinner, sort of like your group? Uh, we don't know the answer to that question. Same with um a guy like Alex Forsyth. Sean Payton at one point during the season mentioned, um, sort of like off the cuff, that Forsyth was one of the first guys in the building and spent all this extra time watching film and sort of like developing behind the scenes. And so like, you know, you're, you're all of the, they know a lot more about the answers or potential answers to all of those questions than we do, obviously, especially because most of their rookies, you know, besides Mims and then, um, you know, Sanders a little bit and Riley on special teams, like they didn't play a lot. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that, that stuff shakes out you know, you have a decision to make with a guy like Garrett Bowles, but do you have a left tackle on the roster? Not unless you think you know, Quinn Bailey or or Cam Fleming or a young guy like Demontre Jacobs who was on the practice squad all year. Like, so for all of the, sort of all that stuff that got talked about yesterday, there are so many roster decisions, you know, further down the list that are going to really sort of like set the course for what, what the team looks like in, in 2024 and beyond and It's all going to be pretty interesting.
1: One thing I would like like to add to this, like given all the things you just said and all the roster questions we have, that's why I felt like this was like the timing for the Russ situation was bad. Because at least if you knew Russ was going to your season as your quarterback, and at one point I thought that was – he had a chance to do that, then it's like you can shift your focus to like – all right, what we're gonna? What's the future of left tackles yeah, gonna look like? Right. You know, what's how, who's gonna who's gonna start alongside uh, Pat Sertan? Is it is it Raleigh Moss? If that's the case, then boom, that's you know that answer. We had that answer, but you know, from what we saw this year, I don't know because that's I'm just judging based on what we saw in games, Right. and he didn't get a lot of that time to do that. Um, but you know, like George, Sean, they see something different than we do in practice when, when, after they, you know, close the media doing, but yeah, like, that's why I felt like the whole quarterback situation, I think this, the timing was just bad. Yeah. Like that's, that's why I look at it. Cause there's so, even throughout the year, there were so many things you wondered about the rest of the roster, right? Like you felt like, all right, they don't have to worry about the quarterback situation. At least that would help a little bit. Now you have to deal with that. And yeah. We got who's else. starting the quarterback in twenty twenty and two thousand twenty four? Which that's a big deal. Yeah. Um. And to me, like from the way we gotten from Sean Payne since last year, he he's not a fan of a rebuild. He's not a fan of tearing it down. Um. But it's hard to like figure out like how like just right now. I'm talking about as of January January tenth. Um. I, we don't know what the roster is going to look like after March. We're not. We don't know what the roster is going to look like after you know NFL draft. But from at this moment, it's hard to imagine like what step forward they're going to take, especially right. when you don't know who is going to be your quarterback. And yep. it's clearly, it doesn't seem like it's going to be Russell Wilson. And from what we saw, like you would hope maybe if Jared maybe it's a situation where you are able to have like Jared Stidham as your guy for this year. And maybe you draft like Michael Penn, Nick something to develop or, you know, bring in someone like a garden issue and have him instead in the battle out while trying to develop a young guy, but still, there's still other parts of the roster that like you look at like, man, there's so many questions that need to be answered. And you just made it even harder when you basically told you're starting Uh, uh, Russell Wilson. Hey, we need you take. We need you take the back seat. So yeah, it's a lot. It's 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 a lot this team has to answer. I feel like the whole quarterback debacle
0: made it even worse. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think I think like in a perfect world, you you would have continued to try to, um, you know, build a younger and younger roster. You know, get younger and get less expensive. With Russell as the quarterback and then at some point when it's a little bit more financially tolerable, which really like, if we're being honest, wouldn't have been for two more years. Um, Then you make the, you make the change obviously depending on how that was going. And then you've got a nice young nucleus like to to plop something, a new quarterback into. That's not the way it went, obviously. Um That's not the way it's going to go. And frankly, like, I don't, I mean, listen, I don't know if they handle, I mean, I don't, think they handled the negotiations particularly well only time will tell if it you know this is the right time to get rid of them or not i can understand it from the financial standpoint like it's you're not in a better position if you do this a year from now and you're still you putting 86.6 million on the books over two years like i get it if you're if you're if he's not the guy rip the band-aid off And let's do this. But you're right in the sense that like it just the list gets stacked up really high in terms of like the hurdles that you're trying to clear and what you're trying to accomplish if you're staying relevant. So to me, like, you know, you're going to one of the things as you think through all of the ways that you can handle the quarterback situation and the rest of the roster, every time you start down a path like you're in the maze and every time you start down a path like you you know you hit a hedgerow like it's just really hard to chart the course of like getting younger getting cheaper not mortgaging more of the future um and also getting rid of Russ and also staying competitive like they just don't all it's like they don't all fit in the boat one of them one of them doesn't work so like are you going to push more money into the future with other players than you want to to keep this group of veteran players together you know, to try to smooth the quarterback transition? Or uh, are you going to make a really drastic move, like, you know, trade a guy like Pat Sertan so that you can be flush with draft capital, except for now you've given away, you know, the linchpin to your defense? Are you going to, um, you know, try to get by with Jarrett Stidham and a young guy like J.J. McCarthy maybe learning for a year behind the scenes? Are you really going to compete that way? Like, it doesn't – they've just got themselves in this fix where – there, there's not an easy, there's not an easy way out. Like without outside of hitting the Powerball like the 49ers did, where you take a guy in the seventh round and he turns into an MVP candidate, um, you know, that would work, but that's not likely. Brock Purdy doesn't just like that doesn't happen every year. It doesn't even happen, it hardly ever happens. So it's not like and then the other part of it is, well, it's probably just a two-year process of replenishing your draft capital making strategic decisions about where to get younger and where to invest in the future you know they're gonna they're gonna give big money at some point to a guy like Pat Sertan, a guy like quinn miners that's good that's money well spent probably um but then you have to like this is sean payton like two years of this sort of like purgatory two more years of this sort of purgatory before you're free and clear and and on the rise like that doesn't seem like a great option either so it just They've got hard decisions ahead. There's no doubt about it. And it's going to be there are going to be trade-offs that are not going to be pleasant to try to figure out um over the over this offseason, over the next, you know, year plus. And uh, that's just sort of sort of where they're at at this point. Yeah, as a yeah, this
1: The Broncos are going to have to make some tough decisions, and I think some of them are not going to be pretty. Some are going to be surprising. Um, You know, some are not going. Some of the fans are not going to like. It's probably there's a chance it might be a fan favorite that might have to walk away, or they're going to have to part ways with. And it's just it's just the reality of the situation. Like they made the first tough decision with the quarterback position, and I feel like there's a lot more to come in order to get to a situation where you're able to. where you're able to get to be able to build this roster the right way. It's a lot of, uh, it's going to be a lot of tough decisions starting with this is off season. Um, because that's the reality. That's the reality of this team. And to me, I like, I think you kind of, you. I, I think you have a point there. It's going to be like a two year process. So it's and how you will hope someone like a Pat Surtain could stay long term? You would yep. think to me, I think that's the most logical thing. But at the same time, they're going to have to look at that and like, all right, are we really, are we really in that bad of a situation where we might have to do it just to get some draft capital? Because even George Payton said himself, they want to keep building. He says the building that starts with the draft. Yep. And to me, it's hard to do that when you don't have a lot of draft capital. So that's where it gets to the point where I know some fans say, well, let's see if they can trade up. No, you can't, you just can't trade. You can't keep losing draft capital. um, Each time you guys like screw something up, you're just going to have to get to a point where you're just going to have to like, you can't just keep doing that. Just can't. And to me, that's where the Broncos are. Like, you can't just keep, like trying to say, all right, this situation didn't work. All right, let's who, who what can we trade to like, um, them for uh, for immediate impact? Yeah. I think this is going to be a process, and that's the quicker you you know, you have to, you have to accept that this is going to be a process, yep. and you hope Sean Payne accepts that because that's the reality you're in. You're not just going to, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe they. they uh, they could wave a magic wand and fix every issue out there, but to me, just looking at what we've seen this year and looking at the situation they're going to the All Season, this is not a. All right, we are just gonna go crazy this All Season. Now we're back into like contending for the AFC West. This is gonna be a, It's gonna be it's it's gonna take some work. Yep. it's gonna take a lot of work, and they have they and they said it, they said it yesterday. This is they have a. Sean Payne said they have a ton of work to do. And they really do. And, and that ton of work is going to come up with a lot of difficult decisions. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not a pretty
0: situation. Denver is not in a pretty situation right now. Nope. We'll be here to chronicle all of it for you. Um, I think that'll wrap it up for this week. we got a ton to talk about. It. We'll be here regularly through the off season, obviously, um, you know, even in the next month, you're talking, you know, college all-star games into the combine and then, and then free agency in the draft. So We'll be here to take you through it, uh, you know, react, obviously, and, and analyze all of the moves that get made over the course of this off season. Thanks for following along during the regular season as well. Obviously, no shortage of uh, interesting stuff to cover. So that'll do it for this week. For Ryan, I'm Parker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching if you're watching on YouTube. We will talk to you next week.